Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome to the Mike Grab Weekly Podcast. This will be episode 4 for August 18th, 2017. Another week rolls around. Another fucking quick week. It's crazy. Oh, it's scary crazy. And uh, what's nice more than anything else is that I am I, my nose is not blocked anymore, so <laughs> hopefully my voice doesn't sound too weird. I think I'm almost 100% back on the mend. I'm like 95% now. Thank God. And uh, <laughs> I'm, just to put it nicely, uh, I'm not being a bitch like I was last week. Like um, I was talking about it today with someone and I'm not going to get too personal on this just because uh, it kind of concerns someone else at the same time but like basically I thought something was gonna work out in a certain situation but it didn't and like it's nothing major or anything but it was just a thing that I had my hopes up for and just how that person was it just that just wasn't ready for it and I was just like um put myself in a situation where instead of understanding where someone else was coming from and putting myself in their shoes and realizing that it's not all about me, I decided to get inside my own head and go, it's all on you, you shit, you know, why would anyone want to be with you, all this, all that. Like, you kind of drag yourself down, you drag yourself through the mud. And over the weekend, I started to realize what, like, first of all, what kind of like a cunty move that is, in how selfish it is. Like, I wasn't being humane, really, in understanding how this other person was coming across. Like, I just went full selfish and just focused on myself. Like, what about how I feel? Why isn't this going to work out? What about how I feel? It's like, dude, fuck that, you know? And I basically just answered my own question when I was going introspective. I was like, fucking, I'm trying to, especially lately, since I kind of realized it, trying to see things a lot more from the view of other people. Like, I've always tried to, but I'm genuinely taking, like, the effort to do so. Like, how um, with this podcast, it's helping me communicate a lot more in that, like, not so much with sharing things because I'm not too bad with sharing things if it's like just me you know but I'm like not likely to say things when it's about someone else that you know they might not want shared but I'll be fucking transparent as hell about myself uh and (laughs) sometimes you wouldn't think so but the podcast has made me a bit better at speaking and it's made me better at kind of choosing my words because it's one of those things that you understand that words can have an impact. And the way you say things and what you do say is relative to the quote that I'm about to say that I'm roughly going to butcher, to be honest. Uh, but I saw it on Reddit and it was something along the lines of um, we judge others by their actions and ourselves on our intentions. Or the other way around, we judge ourselves on our intention and others on their actions. Which, like, I've seen it here and there, like, peppered around Reddit all the time, but 
it just didn't really hit me until recently. I was like, that's spot on, man. Like, uh, I was getting my hair cut today and I was talking to uh, my barber James when he was doing it and uh, basically talking about how, like, trying to see things from the point of view of someone else because instead of getting selfish and thinking, well, getting all Shannon Noly and saying, what about me? You got to fucking realize that there's something bigger than yourself at work. Like, you, to yourself, you're your own biggest, not problem, I don't think that's a good way to put it, but like, your biggest problems tend to regard yourself if you're single, no kids, you know? But obviously, if you've got kids and you've got someone else, you've got other priorities. But you understand where I'm coming from in the sense that where I am at the moment, as a single man, no kids, that any decisions that I make isn't really going to affect anyone else because I'm not in, like, a position of power or anything. I've not, like, got my hand on, like, the nuke button. Um, I probably shouldn't make that kind of... Uh, comparison considering fucking all the shit that's going on. But you know what I mean? Like, I've not got my hand... I'm not, like, steering the ship. It's just, like, it's just me. So if I decide to do something, it's just going to affect me. Anyway. So it's just... Trying to do more things like... Understanding that... The reason... The reasoning behind why someone might choose to do something regardless of the fact of whether or not it's the right thing that I believe they should do. And all I can do is control how I myself am going to react to that situation. Because the second that you put yourself into someone else's shit, basically, and try to change it, and if you do something like try to insert yourself in that scenario, um, I feel like it's a lot less, a lot less pure. Like a good example would be, uh, let's say a relationship's just ended, and you're trying to like force it back to make it work again for weeks and weeks and weeks, like months and months and months, and like three months go by, and like it's just one of those things that like you forced it so hard that when you finally get it back, it doesn't feel genuine. I think I fucking completely lost how I got to that. Jesus Christ. It's late. <laughs> I, st- I need to stop recording them so late, but I do apologize. But I'm trying to live life as purely as possible in that I'm not trying to force things that, you know, shouldn't be forced that sounds wrong. I mean as in, obviously, I don't mean as in like a sinister manner, but as in like, force changes on myself to make myself better, obviously. And like, if I can do something that's going to, like force myself to do something that's going to put myself in like, let's say a better professional situation or academic situation, I'll do that. But yeah, you understand what I mean. Uh... So, <laughs> Jesus Christ, I managed to fucking babble for seven minutes. You know, there's some days I do this and it goes so slow. And some days I do this and it goes so quick. Like, 
It's like there's this Chris Rock bit. It's fucking one of my favorite Chris Rock bits ever. He talks about um. He used to work. I think he says he's like fourteen at the time. Uh, that that's <laughs> neither here nor there. Sorry. He talks about working at a shrimp place when he's young, and because he had fucked up teeth, they made him work out the back scraping um plates. Because they didn't want the customers thinking that their shrimp gave you fucked up teeth. And uh, I'm going to butcher the bit, but, you know, the bit's been out for, like, ten years, probably. So, yeah. It's not like I just saw him do it and I'm fucking stealing it. Uh, He has this great bit where he talks about, because it's a situation everyone's been in, where you're like, all right, I'm going to fucking, his situation is, I'm going to scrape these dishes and it's going to fucking suck. So you stand there and you go, I'm not going to look at my watch for two whole hours. Scrape, 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 scrape. All right, an hour's passed. Could look at my watch now. Nah, fuck that. I'm going to do the whole thing. Scrape, 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 scrape. It's two hours. Awesome. Time to look at my watch and feel good. And then you look at your watch. Fuck, 15 minutes. <laughs> That's kind of how it feels with this sometimes. Like, it feels like I'm going on and on and on. And then I look up and I've done two minutes. I was like, Jesus. And Jesus, I've almost done 10 minutes. Okay, I've actually got shit written down that I'm going to talk about too. So, uh, and I actually kind of wrote it in the um, order in which I did it. So I'll start with what I got up to on Friday night. Uh, I left you uh, on the last podcast saying that I was going to go see Friends Will Rom play at the good old Gov in Adelaide. Fucking love the Gov, man. It's one of the greatest venues in Adelaide, in my opinion. Um, sorry, <laughs> I just got a fucking weird notification on my phone, but it just sometimes my phone just gets a bit weird. Like I think I'm about due for a new one. Sometimes it gets a bit uh, well, and then I got distracted by it just because I was like, "What the fuck's that?" So I went to see Friends or Rom play at the Gov, and fucking hell, man, like, oh, I should talk about one of the opening acts, this band called Totally Unicorn, yeah, Totally Unicorn, sorry, I was just looking up their name, I was looking at the bill again, fucking absolute silence feels like an eternity, yeah, this band called Totally Unicorn opened up, probably one of the weirdest bands I've ever seen, but in a good way, like, they just... They gave no fucks. They singer like they just came out and their singer came out in this fucking weird dressed up outfit and like the only way I can describe it is like if you listen to Dillinger Escape Plan and then you took acid. Like Dillinger Escape Plan on acid, so it's all this fucking fucked up chords and timing. But the guy just gets in the crowd and just gives people the microphone and it's like, alright, you make up the words and just all this random shit happens. It was crazy. Perfect band to open up for Frenzel. And then Frenzel came out and fucking... I was looking at uh, their Wikipedia page before this. Just because I was curious as to how long they've been a band. They formed in 1992. Which scares the shit out of me, man. Like, that band's older than I am. I was born in 95. And it's crazy when I see something like that. Like, um, the metal band Darkest Hour... They formed in 95, so it's crazy to look at them and go, that band's fucking the same age as me. 
That band can legally drink in America. It's crazy. Uh, so the best way to describe the Friends of Rom show was awesome. <laughs> they fucking killed it. It was so cool to see, man. Because, like, when I saw them at No Sleep Till back in 2010, I didn't know any of their stuff, so I didn't really like it. I was like, this is shit. But when you know the stuff that they're playing and you're not a cynical dick like I was back then, um, oh, you can just chill and enjoy it. The coolest thing about it as well was the crowd was such a... Well, that's not the coolest thing. The coolest thing was the music. But the cool thing about the crowd was that it's such a mixture of people. Because the band's been going since 92, you've got people that have been there since the first albums. And you've got people that recently got into them in like the last few years, like myself. So you've got, you know, people in their 40s. And then you've got people that are like 18 there. It's crazy. It's got some really hard rain coming in now. You might be... I don't know if you'll be able to hear it on the microphone. But if you hear anything in the background, that'll be the heavy rain on the tin roof. Uh, yeah, and the crowd was awesome, man. And, like, as soon as Friends would come out... Uh, for those who don't know, Friends are, like, prone to singing songs about doing drugs. So the crowd just fucking starts to smoke a shitload of weed right away. <laughs> and one of the fucking best fucking show banter of my life happened afterwards i fucking it's just so cool to see a band that interacts with the crowd in the manner in which they did too because i've seen so many bands that they'll play and the crowd's a meter away from them you're not like at thebiton theater where the crowd feels like it's fucking if you're at the front row you feel like you're 10 meters away from the act that's playing still like they're right there you can fucking touch them but i've seen bands like that before that just barely like i saw in fear and faith a few years ago and they were fucking terrible. And it just really put me off of them. Um, they were playing at Fowler's and there was like no barrier there. And they just gave no fucks and they didn't interact with the crowd at all. And I was like, the, you could literally not, you don't even have to bend down and touch your toes. You have to bend down to where your knees and you could touch the crowd. And you're not going to interact with that. You're not going to have fun with it. Dude, got to do it. And friends all had the best time. They're just chilling out, like fucking around with the crowd. Just saying shit back and forth with people. And this fucking huge weed cloud hits the stage. And I just like, that smells like a fucking panic attack. I was like, oh my god. These guys have the same sense of humor as me. It's fucking awesome. Oh man. It's really good. And then... Uh, so that was the end of Friday, sorry. Then Saturday I didn't do too much. I chilled out. And got myself kind of mentally and... Uh, mentally prepared and physically relaxed for the Sunday where I went to the um, jiu-jitsu tournament that I was competing in, Grappling Industries, up in uh, Kensington. Uh, didn't go to plan. I managed to lose all my matches, which was a shame. But I had more matches this time than I did earlier. Sorry, earlier in the year. So I had, um, I had three matches in the gi, which is the robe that you will see people wear. We're doing jiu-jitsu. And I had two matches in the no-gi. So what was nice about the no-gi was that because there was only three people in my division, I still managed to win a bronze medal. So, you know, it's like a participation trophy, so I'll take that. But the nice thing is that though I didn't win any of my matches, and that was one of my goals to win one of them, I still managed to fucking tick something off of my things to accomplish before end of 2017 list. 
it's really nice to look up there and see a tick next to one of them and then go, shit, that's a thing that can happen. I can actually do these. And when I was there, I kind of, oh, to as well, before I get into this bit of a rant, I did a lot better this time than I did in the last uh, competition I did in that um, there's a point scoring system in competition jiu-jitsu and I'm not going to break it down because I don't 100% get it myself, but I did better points-wise than I did last time and I got a few things. I almost set up a few submissions here and there. I almost, I almost was in very dominant positions where I could have taken control of the match if I'd have done the right thing. I was very close at one stage anyway. So I know that that's a position that I can get to. I know how to work to that. And I know that there's positions I get myself caught in now and I know things to avoid. So that's just going to make my game that little bit better than it's going to make myself a little bit better. Um, so one of the matches though, I... <laughs> almost got choked unconscious, which is fucking weird because, like, it wasn't me trying to be macho and go, oh, fuck that, I'm going to go out like a warrior. Fucking, yeah, thick man. It was more like, I didn't realize how, I thought I could defend the choke for the longest time, so we were probably struggling there. It felt like a couple of minutes, but it was probably 25 seconds, and I'd, I had a, I made enough room with my hands that I could breathe and stuff. And I must have turned into it that gave him the advantage to make the choke tighter. And then, yeah, and I started to like get a bit woozy and stuff and I've tapped out. And then it was the weirdest feeling because I've never actually gotten that close to the brink before. Well, like going unconscious uh, other than falling asleep, but you know, being choked out. And like when I can't, because I didn't 100%, I feel like I almost went out. Like if another second I was out. So like I'm face down. <coughs> laying down and then like <coughs> sorry um fucking voice just grab a sip of water quickly so yeah I'm laying down and then um I'm seeing stars and that comes back and then like I just I fucking my hearing comes back in in a weird way and then it just goes like <coughs> like if you had an intense tremolo effect on your guitar it's like, and it was back in. It's a strange feeling to describe, but it was one of those things that that really put into perspective how little all the petty problems that I've been having lately are. Like, how insignificant they are, because it's one of those things that, like, man, I could get choked the fuck out and someone could kill me, you know? And in that, and it's like, the, do my problems matter then? No. Like, when, you, when you're in a situation where you're trying to defend a choke or anything, I'm not thinking about all this bullshit from earlier in the week. All I'm thinking is, i got to get the fuck out of this. And it's just like moving meditation. It's nice. You're only focusing on that one thing. All this shit is not in your head anymore. And it just made me really appreciative of the fact that I actually do jiu-jitsu and I managed to do something that is beneficial to myself. And then it's hard to describe because it was just, I don't know, man, it just coming back from like that tournament, I just felt better about life in general. Like my best friend Ripley came down to see me and unfortunately didn't get to see me win. Oh, but it was fucking awesome to have him come down and just, you know, 
make that like it fucking drove like an hour to come see me to have a match and so it was a bit of a bummer I couldn't win to uh fucking you know to say thanks in a way but yeah uh I'll get that ev- I'll get the win eventually which is nice but I don't know it was just driving back I felt really good because it was like this is a thing like I really wish there was a way that I could put it into words better, but I don't think that there is. It's just, there's something just cathartic. I feel like I got anything that I was feeling shitty about out of my system, even though I lost all my matches, which is weird because you'd imagine it would like make you feel worse, but it didn't. So yeah, that was really cool. Um, Let's see. Now I'm going to get... So then, yeah, that was my Sunday. Uh, the rest of this week was pretty standard, to be honest. Nothing too different. Um, but I have done a few different things with my exercising. Like, uh, it not to be that guy that harps on about exercising or whatever, but just I did something cool last night that I'm definitely not the first person to do this, but if someone wants to give it a go, let me know what you think. Um, I'm trying... I'm going to try something now where I... When I go in and exercise, because I'll do like a split day, like um, I'm not a bodybuilder, but uh, I have like this, I do like the split that they do, like I'll do chest exercises one day, back the next day, uh, so on and so forth, and I was doing a leg workout last night, uh, yeah, it was last night, <laughs> and I came up with the thought of, like, I'm doing squats and everything, but I came up with the thought of doing another, like, full-body functional movement. So, I did, um, so I grabbed a 10-kilo plate, held it out in front of me, and then I did a lunge, and then as I lunge, I, uh, I'm holding, sorry, I'll start that again. So, I'm holding the plate out straight-armed in front of me, and then as I go to do a lunge, I start to lift the plate above my head. As I go down. And my thought behind it is that it'll create... It'll engage the core a lot more. And create a lot more stability in the motion. So I'm going to try to do something that's going to be beneficial as a whole body exercise. Every time I'm working out. Which almost sounds like it's common sense when I say it out loud. But you know, if you go in and do like an arm day. You're thinking of like going big guns. Like these fucking sick pythons bro. That's what you're thinking of, like, but yeah, I'm going to try to do something like that will help me have better control of my body, I suppose, is a good way to put it. And then, um, tonight, uh, that's been most of my week, sorry. And then tonight, I went and got my hair cut, which is fucking awesome. Just something about a really good haircut that you've just been needing for a little bit like I was that like that week longer than I'd like to leave it so then that week you walk around and you just feel so shaggy and you just feel gross so it was nice to actually get that out and then you know feel not gross <laughs> is the best way to put it really I was good and get a bit of beard trim just fucking have a good conversation and just chill out listen to some good music and just be in like a happy place I suppose just, I don't know. I, I really like getting my hair cut. There's something cool about it. Don't know why, I just do. 
And then I also went to see a movie afterwards. Uh, before it, got my got a bloody burrito, as is as is custom around here. Um, I went to see Logan Lucky, which was really, like, um, surprising. I really dug it. It's made by the same people that did uh the Ocean's Eleven, Twelve, Thirteen movies. And it's been so long since they came out. I haven't seen them since I was a kid. So I need to go back and, you know, actually watch them to have some kind of appreciation for it. But it's a similar thing in how it's kind of a heist movie. And the main characters are um, Adam Driver and Channing Tatum. Uh, Yeah, check out the trailer for it. It's really cool. I really like what they did with it. Just... Oh, there's so many cool shots in it in that... I really am a huge fan of when uh, a movie will play with the focus of the camera because sometimes it feels like you're watching a movie and um, it doesn't, like a shot doesn't feel like a movie in that it feels like they're not taking advantage of the hardware that they have available to them. So uh, a good example of this is... um, there's a scene where Daniel Craig, who's in the movie, his character is doing push-ups, and when he's at the bottom of the rep, he's in focus in the camera perfectly, and when he's up, like at the top of the movement, he's out of focus, and just like little things like that, it just makes it feel a bit more grand as a movie, I think, because sometimes you see a movie and they don't actually take advantage of that kind of thing. And you might as well just be watching like a one-camera sitcom with how the cinematography is. Yeah, I was a big fan of the cinematography in it, so I need to find out who the uh, who the uh, production crew behind it actually is and go through a bunch of their shit. It was cool. And there, I don't know shit about West Virginia, but if you had to tell me that they're the West Virginian accents, I'd believe you. <laughs> I think um, Channing Tatum and Adam Driver did pretty good accents myself, but I'm not one to judge. I don't know shit about them. I couldn't differentiate American accents very well. There's like, there's so many states, it's tough. I can like, no, I'm not even going to try to give an example because I'll get it wrong. <laughs> uh, so that's pretty much been my week. Uh, so I'll, uh, get into my album of the week, which coincidentally enough relates to my first topic. Uh, my album of the week this week is Frenzel Rom's new album that came out at the end of last month. It's called High Viz High T. It's a fucking great album. Uh, great. It's just some great Australian punk, man. And it's a nice short album. It goes for 34 minutes, 52 seconds. Uh, says here the record label is Shock Records, but on my phone it doesn't say a record label, so I think they might be independent. Don't quote me. <laughs> uh, if I had to pick a song off of it for you to listen to... <clears throat> Sorry, I didn't mean to clear my throat directly in the microphone there. Uh, you could listen to the song called Cunt Act, which is pretty good. But my favourite off the album at the moment is a song called I'm Shelving Stacks as I'm Stacking Shelves. 
which as the fucking singer himself, I think his name's Jason, put it, it's about having to drop pills at work when you're doing the night shift at Coles just to get through the shift. I was like, all right, fair enough. (laughs) Uh, That gives you like an insight of the kind of shit that friends will sing about. It's awesome. So, uh, I'll get to wrapping it up. Uh, What am I doing this week? Uh, Friday, so this will be Friday. Uh, I've got a friend's housewarming tonight. She, my friend who I was helping move the other day, she's officially in and everything. So we're just going to have a housewarming there, just have some drinks with a bunch of people. Yeah, she's invited a bunch of people and she invited me around, which is pretty cool. Uh, and it's not too far from my house, so I don't even have to drive there, which is rad. So then I might go to the pub afterwards and see if anybody's out and about. I think I'm just going to have some drinks. And that's about it, really, for the weekend, anyway. The rest I'm just going to make up as I go along. Yeah. I feel good. I feel good about this week. You know, I feel like... It's one of those things, like Chris D'Elia talks... Oh, as well, Chris D'Elia tickets came out this week. Which is fucking awesome. I need to get those. Chris D'Elia is coming to Adelaide, October 20th. Go see him. He's fucking awesome. Okay. <laughs> um, tickets are forty nine ninety. He's playing at the Arkabar Hotel. Sell that out, because then I want him to come back. Yeah, the, listen to the influence of this podcast. <laughs> but... It's one of the, the, Chris D'Elia has a great quote in his most recent special uh, called Man on Fire, which is on Netflix, which I recommend you check out. It's a good special. I've talked about it um, in a previous podcast where he talks about that anything that's bad, sorry, anything that's good is equally that bad. So I was having one of those weeks where things were bad. Like, I just felt bad about everything. But as bad as life can feel, it can equally feel as good. And I'm at that stage now where I've kind of taken notice of it a lot more. And I feel like I'm in control of it a bit more. And I'm able to see it in a much clearer way and identify that when I do feel like shit, it's temporary because more often than not, I'm aware of how fucking, how much I actually fucking love my life and that things are fucking great. And I think that is the message for me to take home from this. So yeah, like I've always said, pretty much, life's fucking awesome, man. Like, just try to live with as much love as you can. That's what I'm trying. I think I think it'll work. I think if I just try to put out what I want, like how I want to be received, if I put that out in that I want good feelings to come back to me, I'm going to put out good feelings to the world. Because why the fuck shouldn't I put out good feelings to the world anyway? I think I'm too good for that. God, no. I want the world to be awesome. Yeah. I don't know. I'm rambling like I always am. All right, I'm going to wrap it up. Have a great week, guys. Bye.